We need to make sure that we stand up for the unborn, that we say we're gonna love people, people that are homosexual, we're gonna love them, and if you don't tell them what they're doing is damaging them, you're not loving them. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. Today, we are studying, is the Old Testament obsolete? Of course, you know, if you've listened to In Grace and any of my sermons that, you know, I don't believe it is. I believe it's actually very important, very relevant, and very foundational to our Christian faith. And today, we're going to continue to talk from Genesis 6 about the days of Noah and how wicked the world was. We were talking yesterday about the oldest man, Methuselah, and how old he lived and how old Adam lived, and even Noah lived a long time. But in those times, it was a wicked world. As a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about the distance from creation to the time of Noah, the distance from creation to the flood, just so we can start to understand biblical history and the time frame of biblical history. And we'll be doing that today and talking about how wicked the world was and really how I feel the world is about like it was then. And so these are important topics, and I'm glad that you're listening today to In Grace. Right before we get into today's message, I'm so excited that we're going to come to you. We have an event called Gather in Grace. We're going to be coming to South Dakota at the end of this month. Mitchell, South Dakota will be at the Corn Palace. And those of you in Arizona, we're going to be in the Phoenix area in February. I have a free ticket to these events. We're going to have music, speaking, food, and fellowship. And again, it's all free. I'd like to meet you. My wife and I will be there, of course, and our team. And boy, it would be so exciting to meet you. So get your free ticket at our website, ingraceradio.com. Once you get to the website, ingraceradio.com, click on Gather in Grace, and then choose which of the two locations you'll come to. Uh, I've been told that people from the Dakotas will drive a long way to come to the events because you pretty much have to drive a long way anywhere you go. And Most of you know exactly where the Corn Palace is. I've never been there, but they all tell me it's pretty cool. So I can't wait to see those of you from the Dakotas and those of you from Arizona. Again, ingraceradio.com, click on Gather in Grace. And then also, for those of you that listen to In Grace, let me thank you for listening by sending you a free bookmark, The Lord is My Shepherd. Go to our website, ingraceradio.com, and get your free bookmark, The Lord is My Shepherd. How long was it from the time of creation to the time of Noah? Well, that's about a thousand years. And if you want to try to understand the biblical timelines, the time from creation to Noah's birth is a a little over a thousand years, okay? So kind of get that in your head. It's a nice even number. Creation to Noah is about a thousand years. And then the time from creation to the flood was around 1,500 years, Okay, it's actually 1656, but 1500 is a little easier to remember. So 1,000 years to Noah, to his birth, and then an, uh, another 500 years to the flood. So 1,500 years from creation to the flood. And these are general numbers, but I'm pretty confident of them based on the genealogies that we find here in Genesis and other parts of the Bible. And then the time from creation to Abraham is around 2,000 years. Okay, So you can kind of get a little bit of an idea in your mind on the timeline of all of these events. From the time of creation to the time of Jesus was around 4,000 years. 
And the time of creation till now is a little over 6,000 years. You say, boy, the world tells us something really different, right? How long have, has the earth been around according to evolution? Millions and millions of years, okay? Well, there's, there's a big disparity there. Why do they say that? Well, they don't want to accept the Bible. They don't want to talk about a flood, but, but, the, but they see all the geology, so they know that something happened, but they, they would rather say that all they have is time, so they just add time. They add time. So geology is why they add all that time, and uh, it doesn't say that in the Bible. The genealogies are pretty clear in the Bible. The earth is not over 10,000 years old, and that's actually about the age of of humans that they find in archaeology. It's exactly what the Bible says. Okay, so let's look at Genesis 6, verse 1. It came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Okay, so we have now be fruitful and multiply. They're now filling the earth. Uh, this is before the flood. This is from Adam on uh, through Seth and on and all the other children that Adam and Eve had. The sons of God, verse 2, saw the daughters of men. So there's been a lot of controversy and speculation about this, and I'm going to explain it more later, but who are the sons of God? Who are the daughters of men? I'm just going to tell you very simply what I think about this. This isn't some like weird angels, fallen angels cohabiting with humans. That's, I, I don't see that at all. I think that's, that's crazy, but who are the sons of men? I think this is really simple. The godly descendants of Seth, okay? The godly line. Some of that godly line decided to go after the daughters of men. Who are the daughters of men? I think this is simply the, the uh, wicked line of Cain, okay? So anytime you have godly people taking a wife of ungodly people, you have a problem, right? This is what happened to Israel, and I'll show you a verse there in a second. Go back to Genesis 6-2. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, okay, they, they didn't say, oh, they were godly, or they made good choices, or they, you know, uh, they were fair. They looked pretty, and they took them wives of all that they choose. Okay, now, this was Israel's downfall. When God brought Israel into the land, look at Psalm 106, 34, he told them to not marry the people that were pagan, because you're never going to bring them up. They're going to bring you down. That's why the Bible says to not be unequally yoked. You need to marry someone that knows God and, and is serving God, okay? Teenagers, young people, go slow on that. Be careful. Get advice. Get advice. Psalm 106.34, they did not destroy the nations, Concerning whom the Lord commanded them, God told them what to do. God knew that these nations were wicked and they, they couldn't be left to pollute the nation of Israel, but they didn't listen. And it said that they were, in verse 35, mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And they served their idols, which was a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. This is so sad. The Canaanites were known to worship Baal and they had a sacrifice to Molech, and it was a, uh, an offering of an infant to the gods. And Israel got into that. Can you believe that? 
even the blood of their sons and of their daughters whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. They didn't listen to God. That's what happened in the time of Seth and his descendants and right before Noah. And this is what happened in Israel and this is what's happening today. And it's sad that our world is falling apart. It was in Colorado a few years ago. They said there was an elk that was shot it was left on the side of the road and uh, some people pulled over and more and more people started to assemble and they, they created this vigil for this elk. They were holding hands and they were singing Amazing Grace. They were eulogizing an elk. On that same day in the United States, 4,000 innocent babies were murdered in their mother's womb. The Bible actually says something about this. That they changed the truth of God into a lie. They worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. That's what's happening today. You can look that up in Romans 125. Their marriages were corrupted. The godly married the ungodly. And they had this falling away of their convictions and the way that they were living. They were getting so bad that God had to do something. If he, God didn't do something, I think what was going to happen in that world, in that wicked world of Noah, was that there was going to be no one left. There was this violent spiral happening. And there would be no one left to bring about the Messiah. That's why God purged the world with the flood. We'll be talking a lot more about the flood, and the flood is the big answer to geology. Okay, The flood answers all of the geologic questions that we have. Genesis 6, 3, and the Lord said, my spirit does not always strive with man for that he is flesh, yet his day shall be 120. Now you say, well, that means that our, we should be 120. No, that's how much time they had left. This is the amount of time before God was going to judge the world. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth. This is Nephilim, okay? And that's where some confusion has come in. Um, were these like physically really huge, tall people? I mean, there was Goliath, right? There were tall people. Um, but I, I honestly don't think these Nephilim were, these giants were uh, necessarily giant in size. I think this is, it's, it's un understood in the verse here. Let's continue to read. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. Again, I believe that's just simply the godly line started to marry the, the wicked line. And they bare children to them. The same became mighty men. So the Nephilim, the giants in the earth, were mighty men, which were of old men of renown. You know what that, I, mean, I think that means? I think that means that those that lived after the flood, and they were still living pretty long, um, not as long as before the flood, but they were still living pretty long. In other words, Shem, the, the son of Noah, who actually through Shem came Abraham and Jesus, he would have still been alive at the time of Abraham. Isn't that interesting? He lived really long and Abraham didn't live as long. So these men that were, or these people that were living really, really long because they hadn't had this second genetic bottleneck at Tower of Babel, they were revered. Like, how can they be living so long? I think that's these men of renown. These, these Nephilim, these giants, were just giant uh, men because of the lifespan that they were living. I think it's that simple. 
Genesis 6, 5 says, and God saw, here it is, the wickedness of man was great. How wicked was the earth? Remember Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so will the days of the Son of Man's return be. Now, I think Jesus was speaking of, uh, in two ways there, Jesus was speaking of the unexpectedness of the return of Christ and that people weren't ready in the time of Noah. They were marrying, they were partying, they, they weren't listening, and then destruction came. So it's the suddenness of the days of Noah of the judgment, but it's also the wickedness of the day I think is gonna match the wickedness of the day of the return of the Lord. Now, why do I say that? Because it says it right here in, in verse five. It says, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, these are the people that were alive at the time of Noah before the flood was only evil continually. Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David, the shepherd king. As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition 16 by 20 canvas print portraying David, the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. In Romans 1.26, God gave them up. God gave them up unto vile affections. They've had these evil thoughts continually. That's all they're thinking about. So God says, okay, my hands are off. Any guidance that I was giving you, any helps and hints that I was giving you, now you're on your own. You, God gave them up to their vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. What is that? That's lesbianism, folks. How do I know that? Well, look at the next verse. In Romans 1.27, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burn in their lust one toward another. That's homosexuality. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. Our world is almost exactly as the world was in the time of Noah. And it's sad, isn't it? It was in 1992, Hugh Hefner was asked by the New York Times of what he was the proudest. And he said that I changed attitudes toward sex, that nice people can live together now, that I decontaminated the notion of premarital sex. He said, that gave me great satisfaction. I'm sure his mind has been changed. And it is sad the state of our world today, when we're telling kindergartners that they can be a boy or a girl, even if that were true, why would we tell kindergartners that? But it is not true because God made male and female. He made two 
genders, two sexes, complementary but different. Different. And if there's confusion, let's just call that gender dysphoria and let's help that person through that confusion in their life. Don't start butchering and, and treating and, and messing them up for the rest of their lives once they get past the confusion. We live in a crazy world, folks, and I think we need to be people that will hold the line on these things, on human sexuality being one man, one woman for life in a covenantal marriage. Anything outside of that is wrong. We need to make sure that we stand up for the unborn, that we say, you know, we're going to love people. We're going to love people. People that are homosexual, we're going to love them, but we also, and, and if you don't tell them what they're doing is damaging them, you're not loving them. Doing it out of love and out of grace and out of respect, but say, listen, we're all sinners. Jesus died for sinners. So don't, don't think that the battle is only protesting and uh, signing petitions, and, and there's certainly a place for some of these things, but the real thing that's going to change individuals' lives and, and hopefully improve the world would be the gospel. We know it will, it will change people's lives because Jesus came and defeated death. Yeah, Methuselah, all those guys were old. Uh, what, a, what a thing that must have been to live that long. But they also had to live in a world that was violent and evil and wicked. And I'm sure there was blood shed all over the place in that day. The next time we'll talk about the wonderful words, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And there's grace. There's grace. Even in the midst of wickedness, even in the midst of violence, there's grace. And the grace of God is amazing. It's amazing. Have you received his grace? Do you even know about his grace? I'll just tell you the truth of the Bible. It's a real simple story. The Bible begins with we were created in God's image, male and female, complementary but different. And God created us for fellowship. We were created to bring him glory and to have a connection with our creator. But then something came and broke that connection, and that is sin. Adam and Eve rebelled against what God clearly told them, and they sinned, and then that has been passed on to you. Talk about mutations. That, I don't know what type of DNA that is, but you have a sin nature, and I do too. But then Jesus came, and he did not have a sin nature. Why? Because he was not born of Joseph. Can you imagine Mary walking around and saying, I'm pregnant, but I've never had relations with a man? What the world must have thought of her? Because that's absurd. That's never happened. Well, it did. It did happen because she had a child of the Holy Ghost. And the one that was in her did not have the sin nature, and he was born, and he never sinned. He did incredible things. Incredible things. He healed so many people. He walked on water. He raised the dead. But then he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross, to be crucified for you. I can't understand all the hurt and the pain that goes on in this world, all the confusion, but I know there's one thing that will reset your thinking about God, and that is this. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you and pay for your sin and pay for your hell. That'll get you through anything. 
just knowing that. But if you've received him, now the Bible says you're saved. John 3, 16, it says that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, what? Believeth in him. What does that mean? That means to trust in him. It's not about doing better. It's not about religion. It's about trusting him. You cannot save yourself. You're Therefore, you're putting your trust in the one that can save you. Jesus is willing and able. He's already paid for your sins. Just receive by faith him as your savior. Whoever believes in him shall not perish. Once you've believed in him, you're passed from death unto life. You're saved today, tomorrow, and forever. You will not perish, which is hell, but have what? Everlasting life. There's gonna be a day when you're gonna get a body that will never degrade. No arthritis, no cancer, no heart disease. Uh, what are all the other problems that we have today? So many, right? But that'll be a day, won't it? And then it's by grace in Ephesians, it says that we're saved through faith. Same exact thing that John three sixteen. that was Jesus uh, saying that. And then here, uh, Paul is telling the Ephesians that it's by grace that we're saved through faith. That's the same as believe. It's tr putting your trust in Jesus it, and not of yourself. In other words, you can't do anything. All you have to do is receive a gift. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. No one will stand in heaven and say, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be here. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came without sin, and he was made sin for us on the cross. He was buried, and the third day he rose again, and he's alive, and he wants to save you. If you'll just believe in him, you'll be saved. That's the gospel. That is what's going to change our world. We have a wicked world that we live in, but we have a gospel that will change that in people's lives. And you have a responsibility of sharing that with people. The people that are around you that I'll never meet, that our pastors will never meet, that our missionaries and evangelists will never meet, you have those opportunities. You say, I'm scared. I, I don't know if I, could, if I could talk to someone about faith. Well, all you have to do is tell them what Jesus did for you. That's all you have to do. Tell them your story. And you'll be amazed at the response. And if you know the gospel, Jesus, the Son of God, died and rose again, you can share the gospel. We have that responsibility. Now, will it really do anything? The Bible predicts a really, really horrible world at the time of the return of Christ. But we should still do everything we can to live the way of God through his spirit and to share the message of hope with a lost and dying world. Do you remember a time that you've received by faith Jesus? If you haven't, let's do that right now. Let's, let's settle that right now and not wait one more moment. We really, really want to make sure you have the help you need about eternal life. So give us a call at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. And while you contact us, make sure you get your free bookmark, The Lord is My Shepherd, a beautiful original painting that's put on a bookmark just for you. I love having bookmarks. I don't always read books. I mean, I read on my Kindle now, but sometimes I still read books, but I have it in my Bible, and I love having bookmarks in my Bible. So if you'd like to get my way of thanking you for listening to our radio program and podcast, please contact us and get your the Lord is my shepherd bookmark. For those of you that support in grace with a gift of $35 or more, I'll send you five of these bookmarks as well as a brand new series called Discover Hidden Israel 4. 
and it's all about King David, the one who wrote Psalm 23, the shepherd king from Bethlehem. Uh, Now, some of you want to give a larger gift. If you give a gift of $250 or more, you're going to reach so many people with the gospel, and I'm going to thank you with the five bookmarks and the video, plus a beautiful 16 by 20 limited edition Psalm 23 canvas print. This is beautiful artwork of a shepherd at sunset with the colors of the sunset washing over the sheep, still waters, and the rocks of Israel. And this will remind you that the Lord is your shepherd. Please contact us today. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. Also, for $35 or more, get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the shepherd king. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition 16 by 20 canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace. P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr., InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.